the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Check ASO is an analytical ASO platform that provides you with up-to-date data on keywords, competitors, ratings, and reviews. It also grades your ASO level and gives you custom tips on how to improve it. This way, you can increase your app page visibility, organic traffic, and installs with every update. Try it now for free for seven days at checkaso.io. That once again is checkaso.io. Scaling your Apple search ads campaigns can be challenging if you don't have the right toolkit. Trust me, I felt the pain. From market insights to automation tools, searchads.com provides everything you need in a single intuitive dashboard so you can easily adapt, optimize, and grow your mobile business in the App Store. Learn more by going to searchads.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, and welcome to another Friday. And I'm rebranding this to a weekly Friday masterclass where I bring on an expert in the mobile app space so, to, so that we can all discover some of the new app marketing strategies, some of the tactics, some of the things that will help you increase your downloads, and more importantly, those revenues. And today I've got a phenomenal guest. He's a mobile growth expert advisor, consultant. We've known each other for so long, but yet this is the first time we are actually talking in person. I was like, you know what? I got to talk to Thomas and get him back on. So I'm super excited to come to have him on. His name is, I'm gonna try to say it the French way, Thomas Petit, and he is a mobile growth expert in the space. Thomas, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hi everyone. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, it's been so long. I'm actually following the show. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on the show. I, what, what number of episodes are you like? Must be in the hundreds. It's in the close to a thousands. Probably oh, if you wow. combine everything together, it's probably well, well over a thousand stuff. So, but ah, that's impressive what you what you build there. I'm I'm really happy to participate and be a, a tiny part of it. Yeah. So people are really excited about what we're going to talk about. Yash said, interesting. I always want to learn about how can we utilize online traffic from landing pages to acquire quality downloads, especially for fantasy games and sports. Adrian said the same thing, really hoping. And so people are really looking forward to this. Get Mr. Noob, getting online traffic is a challenge in itself. Joe's here. Alex is here. Mr. Noob is here too. What's up, Yash? And then hi from Malaysia, man. It must be late in Malaysia. And then we got Christy from or that's the app we're going to take a look at all right thomas i'm not gonna delay the audience any further they're here for it what is this how do we use web acquisition to get app downloads ha huh, that's a big question of the how i guess here what's interesting to start with is the why people do that um it's a topic I came to be interested in like many, many years ago. It was like at least four years ago or five. Initially, what people like, people look at that because they're like, oh, I don't want to pay the 30% anymore. So I'm going to acquire people on the web and I'm going to pay them. I think it's actually completely the wrong motivation uh, to acquire users, um, like to avoid the tax, which by the way, we learned this week that is going down to 15% on Google Play, which is awesome. And I believe Apple will very soon follow. So usually that's people motivation. Uh, I think there are so many other reasons uh, to do that. Um, the web audience tends to be a little bit different. Like uh, very often we see older user uh, being more present on the mobile web, um, reading news and so on, whereas app to app uh, more like social apps and so on. And uh, actually very interesting to, to get very different audience, broaden your reach, for a long time, until six months ago, it was also impossible to reach the 20% of LAT users on, on social. So that was another way to get to that audience. Um, and so broadening the audience is one. Uh, for some of the old school marketers, like me, when we, when we lost capability of control on some campaigns, because first Google went full on automated with UAC, and we lost the keywords, we lost the YouTube channels, the placement, and so on. It was a way of, oh, I can still get that back on the other side. And regardless of the profitability, like it brings a lot of um, 
learnings and insights to be able to gain visibility again into very granular data. Um, but then recently the subject came back on the table uh, big time through because of IDF deprecation and scan. And people thought, oh, I'm gonna go on the web because I can track people over there in an easier manner. Yeah. Uh, I think in the long term, it might be also a wrong motivation because eventually what we're living now in the apps world is gonna get into uh, the, the web world uh, with cookie deprecation, which is not so far away, but let's see how we deal with that. And there's huge opportunity there. Um, different audience, bigger audience, uh, escaping the fee, getting insights, but it's not a walk in the park. Like making the unit economics match compared to what you have on, on Facebook app ads or on UAC or, or the ad networks is actually tricky. And that's kind of easy to understand in the sense that you're adding a step in the, in the early funnel instead of people seeing what your app or game is about and getting to the store directly, you've got this intermediary landing page where no matter what you do, a lot of people are gonna drop. Um, to balance this, you need either to pay cheaper that traffic or to convert it higher. But one way or another, you ha you're gonna have a, a, a drop at that stage. And it's actually very tricky. I think there's also like kind of a, I was about to say technical issue, but it's not so much technical as it is behavioral that when you try to switch people from platform and basically, I don't know, app to app ads have this thing where I'm in a game or I'm in a social feed and suddenly I see an ad and I'm interested and I go to the store and I download it. It's pretty seamless, even though you have to go through the store, but you're in a game, it opens the store, I open the other app and like the conversion is pretty good here on Intel. I mean, not always pretty or great, but usually when you go through the web, there's kind of the, the, the image I take the metaphor is analog and digital always have like a, an obstacle. So wherever you try to make a printer work, it fails. And that's because mm -hmm. you're trying to pass two worlds, to combine two worlds together, like real world and digital. And here there's a bit of the same effect that people who browse on the web, they tend to not really want to go to the app stores and vice versa, when you send people to a mobile web from an app, they're like, oh, what's this experience? It's very different. I don't like it, it's not native. The flow is, that's why native apps are a bit better than what you can build with a web view, for example. But basically on this landing page, when you go to the store, it's very often that you're gonna see like another drop off, not only because you added a step, but because you have to convert mobile web views into an install. And it, it's, it's by far not easy at all. And if you take it the easy way of, or maybe I stop and you want to intervene on, on, on something I said already. No, yeah, there, <laughs> there's a couple of things I want to mention, right? I, I did talk to, this was an old podcast, not older, not old, but we did a podcast episode with 99Walks, the founder, and she was mentioning what you were saying. So they were using web traffic to get people to the app and it is completely app-based. So there's no like web product where you can listen. You have to use this app, right? And she wants to get encourage women, specifically women to start walking and the benefits of walking. And so she said, it's a lot better and a lot cheaper for her to bring people into the the website get them to subscribe and then go use the app and that's how she was utilizing it yeah and here it makes me think of of an additional like additional benefits of of thinking about that flow uh, besides the one i already mentioned the, we, we talked about the fact people drop off at the at the app store page like i don't know you would send 100 clicks in there and maybe 20 30 40 are going to install the app there's already a drop off when you send to your website, you kind of don't have this, you can you can delay this moment to the point where people really understand your value proposition, maybe not experience the full product because you don't have it on the web, but at mm -hmm. least get a good idea of where it's going, what are the benefits, why I am going in there to the point that when you're sending to the app store, like the, the level of intent of, yeah, I really want this product is much higher because you've done kind of a pre-onboarding about why this is awesome, about why it's great to walk in, like the benefits of walking in this particular case, but you can kind of preamble to why your product is so awesome, people would want it. And I think here, I'm gonna make a little um, detour. I've seen a lot of non-gaming apps using that, 
but it's very unusual for gaming. And I believe one of the reasons is in gaming, people want to experience the product as soon as possible. And so putting stuff in the middle is kind of uh, counterproductive. Maybe a few of them manage it, but I'm not seeing it too successful there. I've seen it for retargeting in some case. I've seen it like, oh, you've got this offer on the web, or I've seen like trying to catch them back and showing them new features or stuff, but like for acquisition, for gaming, I've seen it very complicated. When, when you take the case of subscription apps in general, and I mean, lifestyle in particular, health and fitness is very big for that. Language learning always do a lot of it. There's a lot of things you can think do to pre-onboard people before they leave the full experience. T typical fitness app would have a long onboarding of 10, 20, 30 screens, which you can easily port on the web without having all your content uh, on the web. And I think there's a natural fit that is a little bit better for, for, for this vertical. So it was a little segue. Um, coming back to say the, the one of the benefits to bring this pre-onboarding to the web is actually is a bit more flexible when you want to A-B test stuff. Like yeah. you don't need a release, you can change on the go. A-B testing is a little bit uh, more, let's say, easier to do than in a native app, um, which is not to say it's all a walk in the park. But what I've seen and here you show it pretty decently, I think, but is if you're just building a simple landing page and say, oh, our app is awesome, it does this, 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 and then soon to the app store, uh, it, if the landing page is very simple like this, it usually doesn't work really well because you've got all the drawbacks of the added step in the funnel without having the benefits of, I can pre people, show them the value, show them the USP, and usually what I'm seeing is either an horizontal development or vertical. The vertical one would be the landing page is actually pretty, not complex, but it shows a lot of things. So I'm seeing, for example, I don't know, Blinkist, for example, would send you to their magazine where you can start reading um, the like excerpts yeah. of what you're gonna have in the app, explanation of what the app can bring you, like really long pages, like sometimes would be a 10 minute read or something. So it's in the magazine section of the of their website. I'm not sure where exactly they hide that, but if you scroll back and down, so they don't send to this homepage, which is usually a terrible practice anyway. Um, yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I know- scrolling. I talked to oh, uh, And that's, where's the magazine? Ah, Blinkist Magazine, yeah. So usually they use articles from this magazine, mm -hmm. the five books you need to read, or oh, there's stuff yeah. in German there. I can't read that, but that one is a good example. Oh, I know the author on top of it. Hi, Sandra. Um, yeah. I know Jessica yes. was talking about this, Thomas, where she was okay. saying that they were using Outbrain. So they yep. were bringing people, they were using Outbrain to use, you know, disperse the content and then using this content as a way to get more app downloads, subscribers, and all that stuff. So yeah. there's multiple ways of going around this. I think the one question I wanted to talk to you about next is like, what's been the best channel to use to bring users to the websites and then convert them into app subscribers and app downloads? Have you yeah. noticed any like, channel performing better? So I, I think here the answer is Pretty much any channel can work if you focus on it. Yeah. It's true that I've seen a, a large number of, of apps doing that, uh, acquiring on the web, focusing on Facebook mainly because it's their biggest channel on apps or right now because the performance has been terrible the last six months because of Apple. And a lot of people have put focus on, oh, I'm going to do this this funnel for, for Facebook. But I think here the, 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 the conclusion is that actually it's, it's, I mean, except of the gaming and networks that are really app to app, all the other ones are beautiful in the sense that you can run Facebook app ads and those in parallel. If you yeah. think at Google in particular, I think Google is a, is an extremely good example. Maybe you've got your USC campaign running beautifully, but then you can develop search on specific keywords. You can protect your brand on uh, this way and use this flow in parallel. It doesn't replace what you have in USC, it complements it. And then you can, I don't know, I've got an app, for example, that's got a particular good uh, audience fit with YouTube viewers. I can specifically go to channels they like and bid higher because there's a, and, and get the insight of which are these channels and audience that really work. Um, so that can be valid for search, that can be valid for YouTube. In the case of Outbrain and Tabula, 
I've never seen the direct route towards the App Store really work on these channels. And they're channels that are really big in terms of audience. I don't know, they probably got a billion device each or, or something. You can see this article on, on, on really big website, uh, CNN and Fox, the BBC, uh, God, maybe Guardian, I don't know. Like they've got really, really big publishers that I never seen the app role. So, and this is where I was saying you can expand your audience rather than replace it. This is a compliment. Yeah. Here, Outbrain and Tabula are an excellent example where typically app advertiser never spend money on Outbrain and Tabula, but suddenly by also having this website, you kind of add channels. Um, if you take Pinterest, which is a little bit of a, of a personal interest of mine as a, as a social channel, um, at least for advertising, uh, Pinterest decided to deprecate their app ads product uh, when Apple rolled out the, the ATT change. So actually, if you want to advertise on Pinterest today, you can only do it through this landing page pro uh, process. And so the answer to that is basically any of them, and it will even unlock some additional inventory that you can't really buy. But in a sense, I would say any of them, like do Google on both sides, do Facebook on both sides and add other channels. Obviously, it doesn't work for like uh, Iron Source or App Loving or Chartboost that have a particular affinity for app ads. So you lose that part, which you keep running on, on app ads, and that's cool, but you can add other channels. And I think this is really like a, a, one of the huge benefits. Like you're adding new channel, you're adding new audience. They're not necessarily the same audience that are on, on, on those products than those that are on social feed and gaming. I think that's one of the, of the bigger benefits, in fact, like not the Apple tax and so on. Yeah, makes perfect sense. And Sylvain, you know Sylvain. He was talking about Blinkist and they're using some traffic, some paid content, check out the Facebook ads library, see landing page. So like for this example, we can see Oprah has recommended hundreds of books over the years and we can see these eight books on Oprah's reading list will change your world. And so this is the, the ad yeah. that they're using and then here's the landing page that they're sending them to. If I'm correct, uh, yeah. Blinkist uses both the app product and the mm -hmm. web product of Facebook. And that's awesome. Yeah. And you can see in the library, maybe the you ads are a little right bit here. different. Maybe, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so for me here, it's totally not a this, this or this. It's totally this mm -hmm. and this, which mm -hmm. is the beauty of it. Yeah. You know, we're doing a test with one of our clients running Facebook ads where we're testing that exactly like, Hey, should we send them straight? And I don't know if this is the right approach, Thomas, but like what we're trying to do is use the same ad creative. Maybe this is the wrong approach, but using the same ad creative, send one user straight into the app and then another user into a landing page that we've sort of put together too. What do you think? So here I have a bit of a mixed feelings, a, a dual answer to that. One being that Winner creative, they tend to have success uh, in most places. Like, of course, you're going to adapt the concept a little bit if it's uh, Facebook or, or TikTok on an in-game ads. But I mean, a concept that really worked, I think can work through any flow and any platform if you adapt it well enough. But then here, because the journey is slightly different, actually over the years, uh, um, I'm seeing that we use different angles. So it's not that the same creative don't work is we're trying to work on different messaging, which is also the part of, I want to expand the audience. Like if that di very direct message worked for going direct to the store, that's great and I want it. But if it doesn't, I've got something else to propose. And I think here you want the library of, I mean, I don't want to take only Blinkist as an example. We can take another example. Yeah, um, we can. I know, I don't know. I know, I think, I think Fabulous. would be a good example. The, I've the seen Fabulous Noom. does this as well. I think Noom, but Noom I think is doing 99% towards the web. Um, yeah, I think it's the that. fabulous or calm, calm also does the two things. And, but I mean, while, while you search, even here, as you were browsing on Blinkist, I could mm -hmm. see that the ads that were going to the web were actually slightly different in concepts. Like they were not underlining the same benefits and the same, like appeal to people because you are able to explain things on this learning page before people get into the product, you can use different approach. And I think here it's absolutely magical that you like maybe somebody is never going to click on your web app, but it's going to be seduced by the other one and vice mm -hmm. versa. If you only do one, really, you're, you're, you're missing out on part of the audience. Um, so let's see what they have here. Um, um, fairly similar, I would say, if we look at the two on the right, one is uh, OK. So um, sign up You're and download. I mean, like the ads page. is different, but mm -hmm. format is pretty similar in this case. Um, 
This is sending uh, them probably to the app. Yeah, those are sending to the app for sure. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe in the case of Blinkist, it was a bit more abuse because they had this like, oh, discover these books first, and then you will want to get the app to summarize these books. Maybe it was a bit more obvious. But I mean, the library, you need to explore not only for a while, but also over time. I mean, the Facebook ads library is very interesting uh, to get there every two weeks, every month to see what are they testing? Where are they sending to? But also, yeah. oh, I'm seeing a lot of variants of that ad. It's probably a, a winner. Um, so what do we have here? Oh, that again. Is. Sorry, yeah. when I hit backwards. No, no, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm here. I'm not totally seeing my point on, on the on the calm example, but maybe we'll have to scroll a, a yeah, little bit. I mean, on. this is this this is a looks like this is the, going to the app stores, whereas this is sending them to the website. This kind of makes sense because they're trying to get a business audience, but they are using different creatives, whereas I'm just using the same creative. But. Yeah. Typically, the, the 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 message and the creative that goes to the website usually have a bit more things to read, like a bit more yeah. text. Whether the other ones are a bit more uh, graphic and showing directly what it is, yeah, and yeah, it is. you have the liberty to explain a little bit more things on the on the on the website. And what I'm seeing very often is actually what not what we're seeing right here, where you get to a landing page and straight up you unlock your trial, but more of a progressive onboarding. Uh, I don't know. Try to get to thefabulous.co, for example. Okay, let's try it. And then this so is it's a Gosh, great app, app uh, Habits app. Uh, I, I've known right. the founder for a while. Uh, I love the app. Uh, I don't work for them. It's not even a client. Uh, Fabulous. Uh, I think there's a, uh, where, which one is it? Mm, yeah, I think it was the Fabulous. Or we can go to the website straight and, and, and catch the name there. Because anyway, what I wanted to show is usually people don't go straight into, hey, you're here, sign up. You know, like, uh, yeah, yeah, where's this app? Uh, how is it yeah. called? Uh, I was pretty sure it was the fabulous. Put, put fa the fabulous.co and maybe we'll see how they name themselves on the website. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, no, uh, sorry. Um, fabulously? No. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not super prepared here. Um, this is where I like doing this like this. All right. Well, let's, let's see if I can do it like this. Yeah, let's go to the website. Let's go to the fabulous.co or straight to the website. Here, let me, before I start pulling up different random things. Goodfabulous.co, <laughs> <laughs> uh, huh? Ooh, nice website. Look at that. No, actually, the, the app is really awesome. Like the, the design and, and the way they onboard people is really cool. So you get to this landing and see here, if you, if you go and continue, uh, I think the experience is pretty similar when you come from the ads. You get into the onboarding as if mm -hmm. you were on, on the app, really. And you're like, okay, so you will help me and achieve the goal. Let's do it. And they're going to start asking questions like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a male or non-binary or stuff. And so this is a lot closer to what we're used to experiencing in the app. And that's what I was saying into, oh, they're preamble stuff. Some other people, they use quizzes. And I think the, 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 the most extreme example of this, of these onboardings, is what Noom is doing. Exactly. They really have like yes. a 50 screen onboarding <laughs> yes. on the web. It's amazing. Yes. It's been tested through the, actually I'm, I'm mentioning Noom, not only because they've got you, I mean, the last round of fundraising was so big that it attracted the attention of a lot of people, but also because they've been really a pioneer in doing that. They were among the mm -hmm. first one, I think I can name Noom and Babel was also very much of a pioneer there. Whereas mm -hmm. all the subscription apps now, uh, they're more, they've been doing this for like six months. So we're still trying and finding our ways around. And um, for me, it's great inspiration to see those that have, that have really tried it uh, earlier. And so people get into like the, oh, I see where this is going and eventually personalize my thing until the point. So at the moment you will tell people, hey, you know, the rest of the product is in the app. Usually you would already have communicated to, to them like, this is what we do. You, we already have an account that we're going to serve you exactly what you need. I didn't remember that version. I guess you're in a different A-B test than I am. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's pretty long, but that's what we've seen with Noom as well. It is pretty darn long. And, you know, I think- But I've seen a couple of them, the completion rate are actually unbelievable. Like a lot of, yeah. 
I mean, the typical growth hacker advice would be reduce your form, go straight yeah. to the point. And yeah. I've seen the opposite doing doing well. And I was reading this article the other day that's called uh, adding friction can be good. And so here it's kind of adding friction in a way that raise the intent. The whole goal here is that at the point you're going to send to the store, people are already like, yeah, I want this. Like I'm convinced I want to use this. Instead of sending them to the store, having this master, like, I mean, the store is not very flexible. You can't A-B test a lot of things. And most importantly is one for all. Maybe this onboarding, you, I, I experienced it different because I click on a different ad. Maybe the yeah. ad was very focused on sleep and another people click on an ad on habits and you can build completely different onboardings for every one of them and actually serve them a much more personalized experience. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know what's the name. I mean, it's a bit of I like a fail it too. Here. And I like what they're doing right here. It says, please do not send me. So it's yeah. like, instead of opting <laughs> in, I have to opt out. It's a great way yeah. to do it. And so I'll hit that just. Not legal in Europe, but I guess you're connecting from the States, so that's fine. You can, you can start and here from. also, like, pay what you want. I love these these models of pay what you want. Like, it's kind of something that yeah. I, I've seen a couple of apps do it in the, in the app store, but that's very unusual. And here mm -hmm. the web enables you to test so many options, like, in a more flexible way, like, because you're not restricted to, okay, the free trial can only be 7, 14, or 30 days. You can do whatever you want um, uh, on price levels, on, on the lot. I think the, 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 the important part here is more like the, the, the personalization of the, of the experience. Ah, nice, nice checkout page, actually. Like, yeah, I like social, social options. You have this little remember on the top. Well, that's really well done. I don't done. know if you saw that, too. Let's see if I can go back properly. Look, today... Oh. I'm not hey, going to get my want? commission from Fabulous for your subscription then. Say <laughs> <laughs> add a calendar reminder because you have 14 days and that's when you will start charging you so forth. And then obviously you put in your credit card, little urgency. Yeah. And then you put yeah. in your credit card information. So $1 for 14 days. Oh, this is what they're doing. So you're selected pan. So you pay what you want for the mm. trial and then you have to pay yeah that, that's pretty like smart it. it is smart. i hadn't noticed this yeah that's very smart yeah but see here what, what, what i find beautiful is the flexibility of this i mean you maybe maybe you come in a week and you're not gonna get that at all because they they discovered like a different way of putting the pricing and it's something that you can do in the app but it's really hard to get that level of easiness to test and flexibility to change and and so on yeah agree all right let's say some high high Anise, hey all. <laughs> I hey. Like this Home Alone thing. Hey, Home Alone. Once it's Christmas, you got to watch Home Alone. Joshi, greetings from a train in Germany. Good stuff. All right. I love that. Ethan Gar, record scanner. Joshi, there he did cut the fees. Oh, no, it, Google is starting to cut the fee on January. Like, But it's effective for everybody without doing anything at, uh, starting January. Um, let's see when Apple follows. All right, what's happening, Ricardo? And then Taha, how's it going? Savane, where he said hi to you, Rudy. What's hey, up? hi, Silva. And then you, know, you say it so much cooler than me. Stop doing that. You're just showing off, Thomas. <laughs> Silva. All right. And then Adrian says, off-topic question on the Spanish Mexico localization. Would you use Spanish in the screenshots? So I think this is for the ASO side of things. Thomas, you know, feel free to jump in, but like. I usually yeah. just keep it in English because I'm trying to go after the U.S. market in my Spanish Mexico, so I have all English in there. But that's I keep, usually keep it in English. What are your thoughts? I, I like here. I've seen different cases. Uh, are you using so? So we all agree for the readers. We're talking about the Mexican localization here, um, yes. yep. not the Spanish, like Mexican mm -hmm. Spanish. But um, I've seen apps that only use this hack, this trick because they only want the Hispanics in the US and actually Mexico is not really a market that they focus a lot on. In this case, you could go like with full English uh, screenshot. Personally, I tend to have apps that are both interested in the American market and the, and the Mexican market, but the Mexican localization applies for all of Latin America. So mm. actually by putting the screenshot in English, I don't know exactly what kind of uplift you're gonna see on the, on the Hispanics community, but you might see a huge downlift in the whole of the rest of Latin America. So that's something you want, you probably want to be careful about. And in my case, usually in the screenshot, I'm very much in, in Spanish because I don't want to lose Latin America. 
But in the textual metadata, so the, the, the title, the subtitle, and the, like the, the keyword field, I've got a bit of a mix. And the best words for me, they're the words that are common. So we're talking about a fitness app before. Fitness is beautiful because it's the same word for both language. So that's exactly the kind of words I'm going to use. Um, because here, I know they're going to kind of understand it, but then it's going to rank for the US without hurting the conversion in, in Latin America. And so for the for the screenshots, personally, I would be a little bit concerned about putting English in the screenshot because of losing the rest. Now, something that uh, an interesting consideration here is at the moment, I don't think Apple is scanning the screenshots to understand the metadata. But um, I had people suggesting to me, and I don't have the proof, that Google has the capability to understand really precisely what your screenshots are about. So also, the language you put within the screenshot might have an effect elsewhere. Test it by yourself. I'm not saying it, it does have a huge effect. but And Apple is certainly not scanning as far as I know. So summarize here. I have a mix of language in my textual metadata, but I keep Spanish in the screenshot because I don't want to hurt my conversion for Argentina, Colombia, and Chile, Peru. And I mean, that's at least 15 countries, a big audience. And a lot of the apps I work with actually have a big interest in working in Latin America. So you want to be careful here. Do the, I don't know how many Hispanics there are in the States, maybe 50 million. I know it's huge. Yeah, Does it compensate the... 200 millions you have in, in Latin America. That's all you to see. But absolute focus in the US. Yeah, go for it. Sure. I think the main topic too is the, I don't want to agree with you, Thomas, is like, if you want to start localizing, localize the screenshots first, right? Like, it seems like that's the line of thought you have too is localize the screenshots first and then start localizing maybe the, the title, subtitle, all that stuff. A friend of mine who is from Argentina, he was localizing. He sort of recommended it. That's the best sort of way to start localizing because you don't want to get anything wrong in the title and subtitle. Because if you, you know, because it's a sort of like a sentence, you get something wrong, it's a bad thing. Yeah. Now you yeah, that would be pretty bad. Yeah. Okay. See, let's see what else we got here. Sylvan says agreed on having two different angles. Also keep track of the cohort performance because paid content signups take longer, longer to convert to paid subscriptions. Thanks. So yeah, that's a very interesting point that uh, Sylvan is bringing here. Um, that I said before, one of the benefits is you attract a little bit of a different audience. And this audience may have different behavior all the way. Like they need a bit more time to get to the app, but then also I've seen on my own course, I don't know if this is the case for Sylvain, but also higher retention and higher renewals later for this cohort. So you don't mm -hmm. want to uh, necessarily to give them the same uh, experience, but also you don't want to assume they're just gonna behave like everybody else. The fact you hired them in a different place and in a different way has a rippling effect all the way into uh, how they're going to behave later. And one particular example that I've seen here with the paid content is those people were a lot more interested in the promo offers we were sending through the CRM, through emails and push notification. Like the difference was staggering. Like it was like we would send these emails and we had, I mean, some people were converting there but not so much. And we notice at some point that the representation of this traffic was amazing. Like maybe 20% of our traffic was coming from these paid content signups. But when we were sending a promo, half of the buyers were coming from there. And so you, you really want to separate that, that cohort precisely um, if you can, which at the moment you can because it's not using SKM network, which is one of the beauty. How are you getting those emails? Is it like a big pop-up? What are you doing with your free content stuff? So also something that's not really, really applicable for gaming, but a lot of subscription apps would uh, get the email um, during the onboarding stage because uh, they want to contact you after, but also because to sync the subscriptions. And, uh, you know, yeah. you sign them up on the website. Oh, and then when you open the app, you put your email and you're good to go. You're already a paid subscriber. So... Typically, most of the app subs uh, subscription apps would require an email signup very early in the experience. Noom does that. I think Babel does that as well. Blinkist does that as well. In some cases, I've seen people that actually push the email a little bit later and say, oh, by the way, if you sign up by email, you also get this or that. Like, I don't know, uh, a free workout guide in PDF in your inbox. Like, kind of 
You can also incentive people a little bit to, to sign up if you don't do it straight at the beginning. So it's not necessarily good for everybody. But uh, so if you don't have a sign up process at the moment, you, you may think about that like, oh, uh, yeah, sign up to the newsletter and we'll send you this and that and then it is a, a bit later. So that would be an alternative. But a lot of the products I'm seeing, they, they sign up very early on. One of the things I wanted to point out as I was looking at through this Blinkist article, so they sent using Facebook traffic to bring people here, how they're getting subscribers is obviously through here. So we can click this, get the key ideas. And then you can preview, you can join. So they're, so they're kind of going here, this. Yep. An interesting thing is that you're previewing this from the from desktop and you see, oh, here, see, they asked you to email, but at the very top, there was a button that says, start your trial. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a web onboarding, if I'm correct, if we click. Yep. Oh, actually this is straight to sign up, but okay. Uh, if you access the same page from a mobile, the call to action are gonna be slightly different. And uh, you're gonna have like kind of, um, uh, uh, buttons that go to the store as well. Like it's a bit of a mix. They've got a, they've got, I guess they're a bit tested at which point and for which device it's more interesting to do one and the other. But I just mm -hmm. want to, to showcase that a lot of the traffic here is going to be from mobile and they personalize the experience a little bit differently. There you go. So. Um, actually you're already on the second page, I believe in here. Uh, oh, you mean you want me to go to the Oprah page? Yes. Okay. If you can do well, that. One of the things I wanted to point out too was that here, I'll, I'll look up the Oprah page here. Yeah. Do, do. Those listicles uh, tend to work particularly great uh, for yes. web acquisition. I'm not a big fan uh, on a personal level, but they tend to be pretty good. So here's one tip uh, try this listicles. When I clicked on this, this is an Amazon affiliate link too. So that ah, I extra revenue. Here. Look at that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I like that. So mix up if you know, you're not getting them to pay, you're like, Hey, well, we're not just sending free traffic. We're going to try to get some money there too. All right. Let me look well, at, so here's not what bad, not bad. the mobile, if I'm looking at these eight books on Oprah. See, so this first whole... you've got the smart banner on top of it. Yeah. All right. Let's scroll a bit and see what we have there. Uh-huh. So see a lot of content before they push you to the conversion. See, and if you click mm -hmm. here on get this ID, I believe it will go to the app store. And not, when we clicked it on desktop, it signed you up. When you clicked it on mobile, it goes to the store. See, Love clever it. people there. Clever. Look at that. I'm glad mm -hmm. we're doing it like this way too. This is way more interesting to me. Yeah, this is good. Let's see what happens. My, my, my friend at Blink is going to call and say, well, why would, why do you give all our tricks? <laughs> yeah. I know. Blinkist Blink was really a pioneer in this. I mean, Bubble started early, Noom started very early, but Blinkist, they really cracked that tough nut uh, early on. And that's what I'm showcasing there. I think they did, they did fantastic work on, not only on making the unit economics work on this journey, but actually on providing a really interesting experience to the user that is completely different from, you see an ad, you go to the store, but you actually get a sense of, of the value in between. And that's mm -hmm. why I took it today as an example. It could have been, I mean, there are other people doing this really good, but I think it was a good point here of where I started was don't force this traffic to the app store too early. You might be able to warm up the audience so that when they get to the store, they, the intent level is much higher. Yeah, agreed. All right, yeah, I love that. Okay, let's get into the app itself. I know there's some questions here and I will definitely get to those questions. So I see ya, we'll get there. I want to make sure the people who submitted the apps for an app audit. So if you guys in the audience want us to take a look at your app on a future YouTube live stream, just go to appmasters.com slash audit. It's one of the favorite things I do on YouTube. And we've seen some really good examples. Oh man, I wish I put a slide in here. I will, I will do that. So I have a question for you guys on this. Okay. We got Christy right here. So we're going to take a look at Christy's app real quick. Let me pull her app out. They just launched this app. It's on Google Play as well, but I wanted to pull up iOS just because it's easier for me to show the my iPhone. But it's White Noise, Lullaby. It's a baby sleep sound type of app. I think it's for babies, but for kids. And so she and her husband, they want feedback on the content of the app. So anything on the ASO front that you want to mention here? Oh, you're on mute. Did I mute you? I'm mute, sorry. Oh, you muted yourself. 
Yeah, sorry about that. Um, first thing is, I love the icon. I think it's pretty original, but it's still uh, pretty explicit about the app and, and the design is really nice. Um, so, so that's cool. Uh, title is pretty straightforward. I wouldn't criticize this. On the screenshots, I mean, the overall design is nice. I'm a little bit unsure about this uh, font. Um, not that it's not nice, but the readability here is not necessarily the best. I like the fact that there's a good contrast between the, the blue and the white, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure it pushed uh, for reading so much. I would I would maybe try to reiterate a little bit there. Uh, also, a lot of words, at least on the third screenshot. The rest of the screenshots are actually pretty cool. Um, but I think, yeah, here I'm not a, a huge fan of the font. I, I noticed I'm not a, I'm, I don't think anyone really reads the description, but the fact that mm -hmm. you start with sign up for a three day trial, mm -hmm. I'm sure you, you've got something better. For example, listen to beautiful bedtime songs. This is yeah. something like convince people first and sell them later. And here I think like th this sentence is kind of a, maybe, maybe it's the promo text and we're seeing this, it's a test, we never know, you know, but no. I would start with the benefit first, get people hooked, you know, it, even when I look back at the screenshot at this text that I couldn't read, it says, Luda music, white noise, nature, sound, meditation. So it's very functional. It says what the app is. And here I've got, if you go to my Twitter and look at the pinned tweet, I've got this illustration that says, stop selling features. Yeah, can you pull that image in big? Which is, you're, you're not selling your product, you're selling the benefits for the user. So actually I stole the first part and I developed the, the second part because somebody told me, yeah, people don't want the flower, they want to throw uh, balls of fire. It's like, no, people don't want to throw balls of fire, they want to save the princess. This is mm -hmm. what it's all about. And mm -hmm. if we link it back to this app, I think here it's very functional. They're like, yeah, our app does this. We've got the best sounds, we've got nature sounds meditation, yeah, but what if you tell me, oh, your kid is going to sleep at night? For me, this is so much more of a convincer, you know, like, oh, yeah. cool, I'm going to be able to sleep. So I would I would try to turn the future into what's in it for me uh, instead. Um, I mean, listen to beautiful bedtime songs is actually, I think, a decent sentence. Uh, but sign up for a trial, it's not the right time, in my opinion. Um, so I bring the idea... Maybe maybe on the screenshot it's listen to beautiful bedtime songs, but maybe it's get your baby to sleep, but say it in a nice way, not 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 say that way. Yeah, and I think the first three screenshots are the most important. So you're wasting the second yeah. screenshot. Those are the ones that show up in the search results. Rated five for helping kids sleep. I think it's too early. If I see that and I see no reviews, in the oh yeah, I'm like was oh, that? It's really not. Reviews? It's not rated. Oh shit, yeah, it's not rated. So just remove that. Just I like this as proof, and so yeah. You know, add this part using scientific research for brain development in infants and then probably can shorten this text so that people do read or, or maybe yeah. highlight scientific research you keep the whole yes. sentence but you kind of highlight it make it bigger make it flashy make it that even if i don't read i still see it somehow mm -hmm. yeah and i agree with the font it's it's old school. What is this? 1998? <laughs> hey, I, I say I didn't dislike the font. I just think the readability is I questionable. Said <laughs> I said it. Change the font. <laughs> All right. Let's look at it like this. Hey, one, one thing that I always look at, bring the page for one last second before okay. I, I get to it. One thing that I always look at. Yes, sir. Scroll all the way down. Oh, all the way down? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Data is not collected. More, 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 more. Keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Okay. Size is 12 megabytes. That's awesome. Sometimes I see apps with like 500 megabytes of, and like, can't, can't you load the content later or something? So this is something yeah. I, I, I check because sometimes it can be an easy win of pulling the content out of the app to make it lighter. And so, uh, in this case, uh, 12 megabytes is really little. So you're good to go. It's just, I was, I was, and then I go there also because I see the list of in-app purchase and I see that yeah, me too. the, the that price thing. is uh, $1 a price month, which uh, I think is very reasonable. Um, that's cool. It's too low in my opinion. I like uh, the 90s. Hey, I, I didn't like dislike the phone. I just think I don't know it's, if it's not James the most efficient. Yeah, that's really helpful. Thanks. Yeah, I agree. And I think the price is too low. So we'll get into the app itself. <laughs> the price is too low because I think it has a negative effect. It's like, yeah, Sylvain agrees. Too. Yeah, you might want to increase your price. Here, 
I mean, for years, I've been a, a big uh, advocate of raise your price, raise your price. People are willing to pay. It doesn't matter if it's one or three, if it's three or five, if it's five or ten. And I was always telling people to raise the price nonstop till the, some crazy level. I've worked with apps that sell $150 a year or so on. But then I got a counterexample and I've seen an app that actually lowered the price dramatically. So it wasn't $1 a month, but I think it was like $2 a month. Mm-hmm. And actually got a lot more people to subscribe and here it's really low but i've came back from the tactic of always increase your price which i've been saying for years and now i'm a little bit balanced yeah i think it's worth testing but i do think that at this low i'm always thinking around like 20 dollars is like a good yearly price because it's still sort of like dispensable income doesn't really mean that much and so getting that is I think it's a good starting point. If you can get people to subscribe there, that's what I would do. And you can always go higher or lower if you want in the future. So okay, the- so we jump in. So this is your first experience with the app. Yeah, here, right. my first experience, exactly. Hmm. It's interesting that it kind of gets straight to the to the homepage and let me do, let me explore the way you want. Yep. I've seen very often that in the first time experience, having a, a, a couple screen to explain or to show, hey, here you can do that. It's actually very efficient to raise activation and retention because here you're just throwing people in the middle of it. And it, just, it looks pretty simple. I can click, but maybe instead of going, I'm going to start exploring, oh, what's this offline thing? Maybe mm-hmm. if I click playlist, uh, I'm uh, try to click playlist. I want to see if there's an empty state or not. Empty state. Ha, I knew it. So you never want an empty state. Here, instead of the alert, you want to put start adding a playlist or suggesting one. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of fighting against empty state because here people, somebody get there. I'm like alert. Oh, this is so like, uh, I'm, I'm in a bad mood. There's an alert. Something is happening bad. Like you always want to be in a positive effect and always in, you can do something. Let's add some music. Let's, let's, yeah. let's fill your playlist or, or something. Um, I knew this would happen. That's why I, I got there, but <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, you don't need, can you bring the payment page again? You don't need to put the terms and condition anymore. Like for a while, Apple forced us to have this huge block of text, but actually you can just wipe it out and have just the links. So I would like, this this is a bit frightening in my opinion. Like I'm like, yeah, this is a lot. Holy shit. You don't need all this either. Wow. This is really frightening. I'm like, what am I actually signing up for? Um, yeah, I'm thinking here, you've got a really easy win in don't frighten people concentrate mm-hmm. on, 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 and here, instead of putting this text, you have space to highlight the benefits, unlimited music, unlock some VIP content, uh, yeah. this feature and blah, blah, instead of like, uh, yeah, this is really frightening. In so is not- nothing's for free. It looks like everything is paid, but okay. So there's a couple of things. Yeah, why is the currency in? I I didn't want to be like a little snob about it, but yeah, why is the currency in pounds? Was it? Oh yeah, it's in pound. Oh yeah, something didn't work properly here. So it should be the U.S. But like, good good eye, Joe. I didn't notice. And yeah, four ninety nine, and then you see it's snob about it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, plus you know the price was five four ninety nine in pounds, but it was converted to five forty nine, which is kind of a bizarre yeah. psychological price point uh yeah some localization here on the on the iap might be a might be a good idea but i, I think here like don't frighten people but also give them a sense of the experience i mean maybe you've got a relatively hard paywall but if i can do nothing at all i guess the churn rate are gonna are gonna hurt like i mean people are gonna install the app open those who don't want to pay even one euro you really kick them out immediately and i think you can you can keep them alive for a little while Okay. What do so we have? Kirsty. I apologize, Kirsty. I thought it was Christy. Kirsty. So Kirsty or James, I don't know who's in the comments, but you know what you want to do is your immediate onboard. My first time experience is just the homepage. So what you want to do is like Thomas said, you want to have a couple of different screens that talk about the benefits, saving the prince or the princess, and then show the pricing page. And you want a nice looking pricing page. Thank you, Rakesh. And he said, look, I, I posted a video about this, about which test one, essentially saying, hey, we were able to, to see tests that longer pricing pages tend to be converting higher. And so the longer pricing pages have all the elements that you want, 
the social proof, testimonials, what you unlock, a lot of the benefits, and seeing your screen. So if here, I'll give just give you this. This Bart who did this A-B test in the audience, he saw a 234% increase in conversions by just adding a few screens before showing them the pricing page. And so I'll show you that example there. And then here, that's a lot of text. Like Thomas said, like you got to lead with the benefits. And right now, nobody wants to sign up for the subscription. It's like, where, where's your example right here we can use? It's like, you know, like nobody wants to be trying to defeat the boss, I guess. You just want to, you want to get to, you want to get to the princess as, as much as possible. And maybe an idea if you want to hard paywall the content in this onboarding, like, like the experiment you show, maybe you can show how good is your music. You just unlock one so that they realize the kind of, of things they're going to pay just a sample of it. I think that would be good to, you know, have this aha moment of, oh yeah, this app has really, really good sound. Maybe I play it in front of my baby and it works and I decide to pay. So give them a sense of how good your product is. Uh, yeah. yeah, completely. You don't right. have to give all, everything for free, but show me one at least. Especially for content for kids. I'm always like, are they going to use it? Is it going to be good? So like, it's another person. And as a parent, I'm willing to pay. It's That's why I'm like, increase the price, but I want to make sure it works first and foremost. So. All right, let's get into some of the things that people have questions about, and I will go into this. Yash said, a small question on localization. I observed that there are some words, for example, WhatsApp in Arabic can be written in three different ways, Google Translate. Which one to use in case of iOS? I would say talk to a native speaker. Like that's yeah. probably the best way. Uh, I was about to say the same, and then I was thinking, and there's even a better thing. Like, I, I mean, it's a great answer. Like, ask a native speaker, but say, just figure it out by testing. You know, uh, sure. if you don't have a native speaker, so I would ask a native speaker, and I would try that one first. But if it, I would still be inclined to say, do I really trust that guy? Maybe it's from a region that speaks differently. Maybe it's his own opinion. Uh, so yeah, both things are great. Like, just we can't know. But your users will know better, so just try. And local people ask, uh, yeah, try try to find somebody. I mean, here you're not asking for full translation of a full page; you're just asking for words. So I'm sure you can ask on, you know, Slacks uh, of Arabic people or Reddit yeah. or. Yeah, one one trick that worked. This was like years ago, and I still think it applies. But if you use, if you guys know about Amazon MTurk, Mechanical Turk, what one of my past guests said again years ago, but he said he would go like, I'm looking for Arabic speaking people, native speakers. If I have an app that allows you to, it's a WhatsApp similar app, what kind of words would you use to search for this app? And then that's how he's able to get those keywords. All right, good tip, good tip. you got a bunch of message comments about this. Hey, just email me. He's looking for the spreadsheet from a course I did with Quick Ninja years ago. And so just email me and I'll send you that spreadsheet over. It's the ASO spreadsheet. And let me see what else. Good comments. Rakesh, how's it going? Savannah Grease. Okay. Hey, Rakesh. Then, good interaction on your show, Steve. Like people, people want to be part of it. That's really cool. Oh, thank you. Well, I like impressing you. All right, Victor asks, can you provide example? What is that app, sample of an app that lowered their price successfully? You, you don't have to give the name, but maybe like the category. And then what What I was curious about was like, what did the price go from blank $5.99 to $1.99? Like what, what was the price decrease? Uh, if I remember correctly, it was from 20 to 10, but uh, 20 to 12, but for the whole year, like, and so 20 year, a whole year is, is already like really cheap uh, and, he, and he lowered it to 12. Like, but uh, okay. in this case, I don't want to name the app for, for, for yeah, yeah. the reason, but he had a decoy on the monthly price. And I mean, at $12 it was such a no brainer that uh, he, he didn't only have that price, but yeah, the specific example was from 20 to 12. Um, the revenue increase was not spectacular. It's not like he become richer by lowering the price, but if, the conversion is going to match the, the drop, let's say. I think it's much better to have a thousand people giving you $10 than 10 people giving you $1,000 because you're going to have a bigger cohort for virality as well, uh, for retention figures and so on. Also for products experimentation, 
if I can retain a higher number of people, for me, it's always a win. So it's for you to figure how much of the conversion move when you drop the price. But in this case, I think besides the fact it was successful for him, maybe it was not even super successful uh, from a pure revenue standpoint, but also for the community aspect of the app and the interaction. He needed more people to be in the product. And, and so that was a big win. You can do a lot of things by having more people into your product. All right, let's go speed round now. Rakesh said, my subscription for free trial increased from 7 to 15 to 18%, depending on working day. And it was based on your inputs, Steve. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Rakesh. I appreciate that. All right. It's fantastic advice. All right, James, Kirsty. Let me try to get. Okay, here we go. Would you rather not aim for the biggest group, but also would you find the biggest dialect? Yeah. <sighs> Tricky questions here. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of considerations here. Uh, you want them all, but and and that's why I think rather than asking a native, you have to test for yourself because maybe yeah. your app has a particular fit for a subgroup of these people who don't necessarily use the same words as the other. And there's only one way to figure out, which is trial and error until you feel, you find out. Yeah. And then Rakesh says, can I submit my app for review or is it too late? No, we're always doing it. We have a list. It is a long list, but just go to appmasters.com slash audit Rakesh. Okay. And then flanking flank, yo, I got to like move you block, put in timeout. Just email me. I will get you that spreadsheet. It's pretty easy. Steve at appmasters.co. All right, let's do this last app. Thomas, and then we'll sure. say goodbye. This is from Daniel. Functionality and ease of use. It's an MVP. So I think there. this is an app that I picked out because I do think it's perfect for web acquisitions. It's an app that allows you to see who wants to play, host local sporting events. And so this is definitely an app that you want to start off geo-targeted in a specific region. It looks like he's it's got San Francisco addresses, so he might be from San Francisco, but you really want to potentially use web traffic to bring people into a website or just make sure that you're very specific on your local, on your marketing in a different, the way I would market this, I would market it in a specific geo. And that's just what I would do. Just look at all the geos, maybe the people who are club owners or tournament organizers, but just specifically on a particular geo. The, 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 the beauty in a way on the web, I say, is about flexibility and personalization. Let's say here, you've got a crowd that is super interested in organizing football games and another crowd about basketball games and another crowd about whatever, baseball games. And then suddenly in the store, you can't show up everything. And then I want basketball and you're showing yeah. me football. That's not ideal. But on this landing page, you can say, oh, this traffic is coming from this Reddit something or that Facebook ad. And I'm going to personalize it in a way like, you will find the best football games, which means when I come to the store, even if it's a basketball, I already know there's football stuff in here. So I'm kind of prepared. And here, this bottleneck doesn't allow you to be though that that specific. Also, Apple is releasing a product that's going to be able, uh, that's going to make us able to do that pretty soon. Um, so let's see. Yeah, I agree. Let's get back on, on the audit. But I think that, that was an yeah, interesting point. Yeah, you want to be specific the... with, I agree with you, the sport and the location. The more specific yeah. you can be, the better. All right. And then uh, I, I, I don't, don't know if I like that, that app. Okay. And yeah, you don't want to do that. Like, I, you're asking me something. So basically, you're, you're like, I need to do you a favor. So first is you need to tell me why. Notification may include alert sound and icon badge. Like, oh, no. Tell me with the notification, you'll never miss a game. Like, again, tell me the benefit. Why should I accept? But I think regardless of the fact to tell a benefit for the opt-in of push notification, show me something before. Like typically showing a model at the open-up, whether it's a rating or the push notification or even ATT, but sometimes it works with ATT, so I'm not going to say it too loud. Uh, show me something first. Give me a little something if you're going to ask, you know? Show me, hey, you're about to find pals to go play tennis. And suddenly I'm excited. So you pull me the notification and you're like, oh, with the notification, you're never going to miss a match. And I'm like, yeah, sure, bring it on. Here? Thomas, uh, I'm going to interrupt just because of time. But sure. actually, I agree with showing a page, like an onboarding sequence, lead with the benefits first. But I'm going to disagree with you on the other thing because we did an A-B test about this and somebody in the audience did it and he essentially did what we thought. Because I thought the same thing as you until he showed me this example. 
but he did this, right? Where you're yeah. saying this B versus A, and uh, spoiler alert, A saw a 4.x increase in engagement. And so it is, look, you don't want to do it as the first very, very first open yeah. like you are doing, but you definitely want to show the default prompt versus doing it twice. So yeah, I thought okay. the same thing as you until he showed me this and I was like, Man, The pre-prompt don't always work, but in this case, the fact you're showing it first, I literally have zero uh, yeah, exactly. context exactly. about what's going to happen. Exactly, exactly. So I'm going to hit don't allow. But it's good uh, that, that you prove Okay, so same first thing. thing I open, friction. Okay, I discard the friction. Second thing I'm getting is I need to sign up exactly. again. Tell me why I need to sign up so that your game will be recorded or give me a little something positive, like a psych up before you ask me for an effort. Like, because here I'm like going through two pains in a row. You can ask people to sign up. That's totally fine. But give them a little thing before. It looks like it's oh, wow. sign in with social network. Look, I'm trying to go in Facebook or my Apple. Sure. Let's do this. And it's not working. Okay. Uh, I don't even want to go through that. And the crate now is actually very hidden in there. Yeah, I know. So, all right, let's try this. Most people would be new to the app, I suppose. Correct? I mean, yeah. So maybe, maybe, uh, and create an account is not super exciting. You can say like join or, you know, because here it's going to be like a lot of games or yeah, jo yeah join, yeah. join the game. All not right. the gang but you see what i mean like yeah. br bring the create op uh, option a, a bit more obvious i believe and it's i'm having trouble with my facebook too so oh you're um, gonna have to manually sign up look at that <laughs> i don't want to but the, the <laughs> manual sign up is here. really big here. you know what i'm expecting thomas a very empty space you know what I mean? So I already know what I'm going to get to. It's just me signing up so I can get to an empty state. Let's go through some questions while I do this finish to sign up. Yeah. All right. Victor says, so on the topic of pricing, are you suggesting that you start off high to show value, drop lower for engagement, product value, valuation, A-B test, then find a value that works based on the result? You start off high or you want to start off a little bit lower? Personally, I, I, I'd start high. Like, because I want to see if people convert at a high price, because then that's going to be the good one. And then later, and also, I mean, when I started testing prices for me, it was very much, oh, I test high and then I test low and then, oh, that one is better and I roll it out. And I discovered that you can improve by doing it in sequence. And typically on the first one, I say, hey, do you want to pay a lot? No. Okay. Do you want to pay less? And actually start having like, not immediately, of course, but like, instead of showing three times the same paywall, yeah. Uh, you grab the the higher converter first. You make it easy to skip, but suddenly later you've got something else. Oh, you didn't want the yearly plan, but maybe you want a free trial, or maybe you want the monthly plan, and you can think sequentially instead. But definitely to this question, I'd say I'd rather start testing by the higher one, and if it fails, go down from there than the other way around. All right. Looks like this sign up wasn't working either. Okay, so we're in trouble. This sign up page, you want to delay some of it. I mean, you don't need my phone, my edge, everything right now. You can just sign up in a very smooth way and push back, complete your thing to get whatever a reward or something. I'm getting avatar did not load, anyways. All right, real Yeah, this is a bit dead. disappointing. Yeah. Hey, Steve, filled up the form about 40 days ago. Any idea? I don't know when we're going to get to it. I think we're, there's a long delay. So we'll hit like, we'll email you. That's a good thing. We'll email you when it goes there. And then I think- Yeah, the my token was not accepted either. Meh. I think the system prompts make it feel official and provide consistent clarity on the request similar to the rules. Okay. Yeah, I agree with the thing. All right, guys, I think that is it. Thomas, Wow. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun, man. Like we went into 30 minutes. I was looking at the time. I was like, wow, we're done with 30 minutes and we got we covered so much great content guys. Look, Thomas is a great follow. You can find him on LinkedIn. That is linked up into the YouTube description. So connect with them there. You can follow him on Twitter. Tons of followers, 11,000 plus shares a lot of great content there as well. And then what I would do, and this is definitely linked up in the description is go sign up for his sub stack as well and if you're interested in working with them any of those three places works so contact him yeah. know, as you can see he knows his stuff all right thomas <laughs> anything else that you want to cover anywhere else you want to send the users if they want to connect with you personally 
Nah, it's cool. I mean, I'm a very easy person to find online, whether it's those you mentioned or a couple of open Slack and uh, I'm a very open person. So although feel free to contact. Um, no, I want to thank everyone for the question so that we kept this really live and interactive. And I want to thank you for inviting and hosting and making all the effort of showing these examples and, and putting all of this live. You're very good with this multitasking tab thingy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. All right, guys, next week, let me pull that up and tell you what we're going on. What we're going to do differently, if you guys have been following the show for some time, is I'm going to stop doing one-on-one -on -one podcast episodes and then just do this because I have so much more fun doing this and I couldn't do both anymore. So we're going to do stop doing the one-on-ones for now and then just do these YouTube live streams that go on to the podcast. So if you can't make the live stream and you don't want to watch the video, Definitely watch the video. We covered a lot of great stuff on here. So if you're just watching this audio, check out the video. But that's what we're going to do moving forward. All right, Thomas, thank you so much. Next week, we're going to have our good friend Haim from V7Dev back on to talk about some of the app development things. How do you really validate an idea? Some of the things that you want to avoid when it comes to development and how do you hire the right person? So we're going to talk all about that next week. Same time, 9 a.m. Pacific. And we're going to take a look at your apps as well. All right, I'm going to try it one more time. Thomas Petit. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this, brother. Nice. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you guys for being here, and I'll see you next week. Have a good weekend. Bye. Next. Tired of overpaying for App Store optimization? Get unlimited ASO and app marketing support to increase your keyword rankings, downloads, and more importantly, your revenue. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.